This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself Again. A surprise. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I and a guest go through through every single episode of The Sopranos and And talk talk about about it. Thank you guys so so much. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Five stars and a review. You know what to do. Uh, That would be great. We've gotten a lot of good reviews and they're, they're fun. And I've appreciated them, uh, except for one guy who said we are hit or miss, which it's fair, sure. I mean, isn't isn't every podcast hit Be- or miss? better than being miss or miss? I guess you know. Oh, uh, I mean, for sure, better than that. But I feel like I would like to know the ratio. But he gave us five stars, so I assume it's a good ratio. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Also, uh, Charlie Penner and Jason are still donating at the highest one hundred dollar level. Um, unbelievable dicks that they have, and I would put them in my mouth and my butt at the same time to be a Gosh. rotisserie chicken. Wow. Okay. I don't. I don't think that's how chickens work. But all right. That's I'm pretty sure that's how chickens work. Um, and also, also appreciates the donations. I do. I appreciate the donations, and I, I thank you for uh, for it. Um, although no one, no one took my advice uh, from last week, in which I said, um, if all 900 people gave us a thousand dollars then we would have nine hundred thousand dollars and i feel like that is um that still stands so if you want to real quick make us uh into a collective almost millionaire thousand dollars that would be yep consider it uh, think about it consider it think about it um all right uh enough of that uh today we are going to be talking about from season 6B of The Sopranos, episode two. We are talking stage five. Uh, and our guest today, you've heard him a couple of times uh, on, you know, just now. You heard him on Pot Yourself a Gun. And you, of course, know him from the film Drunk Fraudcast, future Hall of Famer, and human giant Brendan is here. What's, what's, what are we doing here? Like, 
what was that intro? Like this is this is weird. <laughs> this is I feel like I feel like I came home to the house I grew up in and all the furniture is different. Or it's like <laughs> a weird dream where yeah. you're, you know, you're at your school but it's not really your school. This is it's like uh in Wayne's World 2 or Wayne's World 1, the one where they sold out and then they had a guy singing the Wayne's World theme song. Oh no, and that's the first one. Yeah. Friday. It's like both. It's like both. Mm, but uh, yeah. yeah, no. This is just what this is. What we do. This is professionalism, Brendan. Ch- times have changed. You know, we've done six seasons of this podcast. Look, the market got- has gotten lean, and we've had to tighten up to compete. Yes, I fucking, I fucking hate it. <laughs> I'm, so- <laughs> I'm so- Well, you know, I just, I, I just feel like it's like that was the one thing that the broadcast is missing is like a little bit of structure in our lives. Right. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the good news is that um, the, the source material that you base the podcast off, will just continue providing yep. you with things to make mm-hmm. shows about. So yeah. this then, could really just go on indefinitely. Right. Never mm-hmm. ending. Yeah. It's going to keep going mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. gonna live forever. Cool. Just like my dog. I, I love that for you. Yeah. I'm, I mean, here's the thing. We could always, just rewatch the Sopranos again, mm-hmm. and then think for of people, how much deeper the analysis would be the second time. Yeah, think of like how much more art we could suss mm. out. Yeah, we could see all all the art, everything that they put in there. Yeah, every piece of because you can't get it all on the first viewing. No, uh, but mm. uh, we're probably not going to just rewatch the Sopranos again. Although that would be very funny. Uh, but we are fans of the Sopranos. Brendan, quick interview. Do you like The Sopranos? I love it. Sick. What it, What do you like about it? Um, I like the uh, the Carl Youngs about it. Uh, it's extremely Carl Young. Uh, yeah, I and, like Carl Young. Uh, yeah, and uh, the exploration of mm. the uh, subconscious uh, cannolis. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. What does it mean? The, the symbol, the, symbolism. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, and the um, the uh, gigantic uh, gabagool that uh, your mom holds um, while mm. while you're uh, naked and mm. uh, uh, and also um, punching a Vietnamese guy in the stomach to uh, make him give you the money. money. Yeah. yeah. I like all that stuff too. That mm-hmm. those that's that's usually what I say, and it's what mm-hmm. most critics say when they review the the, the series. From, from what I understand, they agree across the board. Across the board, that they like uh, the giant gabagool and the punching of various ethnic groups, uh, in, immigrant groups specifically, in order to get money for more gabagool. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. So, uh, what 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 else is going on with you? How, how's life? <laughs> It's, it's so good, man. Great segue. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. There's it just feels so many <laughs> kids running around here. It's awesome. They're mine. So. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, shit. Vince, you got anything? <laughs> what are we Are you doing like an open mic set here? What's happening? No, I don't know. Yeah, is this crowd work? <laughs> yeah. Are you, oh, where, are you, the, where I, are you from? Oh, okay. 
Hey, Brett, you got, you got your girlfriend here with you? <laughs> uh, all right, fine. You know what? This isn't a podcast about people's kids or parenting. No, this is a Sopranos podcast. And we, of course, cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else. Today we're going to be talking about from season 6B of The Sopranos, episode 2. The episode is called Stage 5, and it premiered on April 15th, 2007. Vince, break us off a little piece of that IMDb.com synopsis. Johnny Sack finds out he only has three months to live. Meanwhile, Cleaver premieres and is a hit. While Carmela has mixed emotions about it, saying too much of it is based on Tony. Yep. Did, that you, is... did you spell Johnny Sack without the K or was that IMDb? That's IMDb. Okay. Because <laughs> that makes them sound like a weird, like Johnny Sack. It feels very medical. Like he's an embryo. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Johnny Sack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to inseminate the Johnny Sack in order for the baby to come out. Yeah. That's how babies work. He got that nickname because uh, he's always gestating over here. <laughs> hey. Um, hey, I got fluid surrounding me. Hey, <laughs> give me a break. Vince, what was happening at the time? That I'm this drinking episode- an oxygen-rich liquid in my lungs over here. <laughs> hey, uh, placenta. I don't know, man. I, I, I just, how do babies work? You guys seem to know. Well, sorry, what was your question? I was going to ask... Um, uh, like what was happening at the time that this episode came out? Oh, right, Matt. I think what you mean to say is that we cannot evaluate mm-hmm. art uh, bereft of its cultural context. We have to do it in the context in which it was released. And uh, yes. to add some of that context back in, we go to the Remember When machine. What? What? Remember then, 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 then. Remember Remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. It's a, that is, it is, uh, it's like a sting. It's a bumper, you know, like in uh, professional, you know, life can't just be sitting around getting drunk, talking about dicks with your friends without a little bit of structure, Brandon. I guess it's kind of like Crystal Corner. Yeah. It's like Crystal Corner. It's a lot like Crystal Corner, except with less uh, original recipe for Loco. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, yeah, right. we're going all the way back to April 15th, 2007 for this episode. Uh, a lot of things going on in the news. I mean, uh, for one thing, Don Ho died at the age of 76. Who's Don Ho? Uh, he was a legendary crooner known for his raspberry tinted sunglasses and signature tune, Tiny Bubbles. Tiny Bubbles. That's right. Oh, he's Tiny Bubbles? He's Tiny Bubbles. 
He was. He's, he was Tony. He's the yeah. king of Hawaii, I think. Those bubbles have been popped. Don Ho is his name. Don Ho. That's a weird name. He's the King Ho. He sounds like the yeah, exactly. He's the king of the Ho Mafia. Mm. It's just him and a bunch of other hoes, but he's the head ho. Mm. Elsewhere, uh, Al Franken pulled in $1.3.5 million from scores of actors, writers, producers, and others from the entertainment industry who all have contributed to Franken's Senate campaign, helping the Minnesota Democrat get off to a strong fundraising start. Mm. Dang, he brought in two decimals. Yeah. I uh, Look, I hope it goes well. I think he's going to be a good senator who will mm-hmm. continue to serve for this day. Uh, until this day. <laughs> um, other news, uh, people that created the internet are coming together. Uh, they're saying that the internet might have been a bad idea. Oh, shit. Uh, the idea may seem unthinkable, even absurd, but many believe a clean slate approach is the only way to truly address security, mobility, and other challenges that have cropped up since uh, Professor Leon Kleinrock helped supervise the blah, blah, blah. He invented the internet. Blah, blah, blah. The, the inventor of the internet, his name was Kleinrock? Leonard Kleinrock from UCLA. Nice. We need to send a Terminator back in time to kill him. Like the <laughs> That's right. That's right. Miles, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the internet works well in Mr. many situations. There's too many posts. I have to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Stop all the People posting. People keep harassing me. People Quit are too. All the opinions are terrible. You are canceled. In order to stop cancel culture, I have to cancel the man who made the internet. <laughs> that would be amazing. This is a DDoS attack. <laughs> this is a blue screen of death. The internet, quote, works well in many situations, but was designed for completely different assumptions. It is sort of a miracle that it continues to work well today. So, uh, yeah. that's C- Citation needed. Citation very much so needed. I mean, at this point, Facebook was around, but it hadn't yet, like turned uh your, your, i don't know your weird aunt wasn't on it like in all your yeah, posts exactly, and exactly sharing fucking it hadn't worst it memes. hadn't radicalized the olds yet yeah uh it was merely radicalizing the young and they re- weren't really doing anything with it like early internet was okay i but mean we were just being radical we weren't like being assholes we were just getting radical with it yeah like the 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 memes were radical yeah i mean like all the cats were saying cute shit and all the titties were hanging just... out in ceilings yeah, yeah there was cats were... there was a dog who had a phone and he was like yes this is dog and we mm-hmm. dined out on that shit for like loved it five six years everyone had that. everyone had two jokes and it was either zombies or pirates mm-hmm. and you know or people bacon. were like or bacon yeah epic bacon i mean shit epic was like bacon. shit was great um people like it's funny because in 20 in 2007 people are like i don't know this could lead to a problem but at that time i was like nah man good times will roll forever <laughs> yeah this seems great what are you talking about we yeah. got cats eating cheeseburgers yeah, do you remember being like my privacy my data who gives a shit who gives a shit here's where i am <laughs> come find me and now uh can't get laid if the people don't know where i am yeah and now Brett is literally underground <laughs> in a bunker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, other news. Uh, this is a big story. Uh, Royal mm-hmm. Love Affair is pfft. That's the headline. Uh, pfft? Spelled P-F-F-F-T. Okay. Uh, 
London. Many saw her as Britain's future queen, but it looks like Kate Middleton's royal romance will not have a fairy tale ending. Middleton and Prince William have ended their four-year relationship, what? a decision that surprised palace watchers and disappointed monarchists, hoping for a glamorous royal wedding to rival that of Princess Diana and Prince Charles. For many Britons, oh. however, the split provided more evidence that the royals are as human as anyone else. I, think I mean, I think, I think more evidence, more evidence than what dying in a car accident. Sure. Uh huh. I feel like there's a lot of evidence there. Yeah. Yeah. Being associated with Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Actually, that's probably evidence to the contrary. I think they're just like any other couple, said Manette Marshall, a 36 year old London office worker. They're young, and before you meet the right person, you have to kiss a lot of frogs. Uh, Mm. Anyway, yeah. I'm sure they'll never get back together. I love that there were like a disappointing monarchists. I'm like, were there monarchists? <laughs> yeah. What do they mean by monarchists? Because I, when I think of a monarchist, I mean someone who wants the monarchy back. Well, the goddamn Bourbons and the Habsburgs, like they're right, exactly. They've really <laughs> been cheerleading this. Yeah. Um, the House of Saxon Coburg shall rise again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, wrapping wrapping up the uh, remember one machine top movies in the country, uh, Disturbia. Mm-hmm. Blades of Glory, Meet the Robinsons, Perfect Stranger, and Are We Done Yet? Disturbia, yeah. of course, that is the one uh, with uh, that gave us uh, Shia LaBeouf. And also oh, yeah. the director went on to direct uh, that weird movie about the apples for Ben Shapiro. Shut in. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, top pop song it was Give It To Me uh, by Timberland featuring Nelly Furtado and Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I sort of remember that. Yeah, yeah. Nelly Furtaco. I used to call her that. I thought it was real mm-hmm. funny. Oh, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That. That yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Uh, top rock song is uh, Breath by Breaking Benjamin, which we covered last week. Not a great song. Barely remembered it. All right. So that was what was going on at the time that this episode came out. Very important for us to get that cultural context out of the way. And now, to- it's really important that we have an understanding of Breaking Benjamin to analyze this episode. It's true. Well, look, you had to know that Breaking Benjamin was breaking right in the middle of uh, when this episode came out. Yeah, people need to mm-hmm. know that Disturbia was coming out at the same time mm-hmm. as Cleaver. You know, that's right. So that's important to know. Um, as Vince said. Uh, you know, this episode is about all the things Johnny Sack finds out he only has three months to live and then Cleaver premieres and Carmelo's got mixed emotions. But uh, I have my own fucking, you know, uh, synopsis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Go it on. is uh, I'm going to play hey, a little bit. I, I, I bet we're going to hear it. Yeah. You make me feel like a fool. But yeah, here's a little bit. I think we'll go a little something like this. I maybe shouldn't have played the whole intro. Uh Uh-oh. I don't even know if I know this song. It's Linger by Cranberries. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's Cleaver. 
I get it. Yeah. Yo, what up, bitch? My name is Ellie Mack. What if I rapped earlier in the song and then everyone could suck my Gabagool, Christopher returns, Johnny Sacklers, he's gonna pass away. Blanca starts being rude, has a shitty attitude, it tears AJ apart, it's ruining his Sunday. Silvio and the hairdo, they eat some gabagool. Jerry gets shot right in his head. Doc wanted Jerry dead. Now there's gonna be a war. Let's a spicy meet the ball. Season 6, VO2. Christopher made a film for you. And now it's wrapped in there. That's uh, all right. That's that's the song. It has all of the things that happened in the episode, and of course, you can listen to the rest of it hmm. at the end of the episode. That was delightful. You should do more cranberry songs. Cranberries are so fucking good. Like, yeah. they're they're just. I think they're the most underrated band of the '90s. I mean, and it's a good name because their music is crisp and refreshing, and a little bit tart, just like a nice glass of cranberry juice. I love cranberry juice. That's, you know, as someone who doesn't drink anymore, I drink a lot of cranberry juice. Mm. You know, it's too much sugar in it, though. All right, well, we're getting <laughs> off topic. Let's uh, let's get into this episode. What did we think of stage five? Vince, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, look, I think it had a lot of great elements of it. I, I don't know mm-hmm. that it's like one of my favorite episodes. There's some parts that I thought dragged a little and maybe weren't that great but uh i i love the aj storyline uh yeah anytime you can get jt dolan in there some more i'm a yes. big fan of and uh little carmine is better than he ever was before i feel like this is like peak little carmine totally agree him becoming a hollywood dude was pretty excellent um yeah but yeah it's it's fine it's like a you know it's a it's a good bridge episode i would say sure uh brendan did you like this episode yeah, I did. I mean, I feel like anytime you can get uh, like a, a little Carmine in a position where he's got to speak publicly, <laughs> yeah. like you've got a rich vein to yes. tap there. And so like, that's when you get like the sacred and the propane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alternate title really of the good. episode, by the way. That's I was, that was next on my notes app. Yeah. Yes. was uh, bullshit that they didn't call this episode the sacred and the propane. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was actually pretty good. So uh, I still have not watched any other Sopranos episodes since the last time you had me on. Mm-hmm. Oh, all so right. The episode opened and I'm like, man, I don't remember them fucking a guy up that bad. Yeah, you I kind of had, the, sa- I had the same reaction. I was like, they usually don't show this kind of thing on the Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, it's a lot and- more bloody than I remember. Yeah, and is that yeah. guy undead? What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and God, that's so funny. That whole scene where they're all watching it. It's, it's so good. It's, yeah. it's, I think it's up there as one of my favorite, uh, Sopranos opening, se- uh, opening scenes. And I, I, I have, uh, I have a clip of it. Welcome to the chop shop, Kuji. 
You can't kill me twice, Sally boy. I'm already fucking dead, remember? I'm the boss, Michael. What you had belongs to me. Even the girl I loved? What's mine is mine. What's yours is mine. This is mine too, Sally. Now you can have it. That <laughs> <laughs> was so perfect. The, the only thing that I think was missing was when it cut to them watching the cut. Yeah. Um, if one of them was lip syncing the lines, that yeah. Was, oh no, they had they were like, doing that. They were yeah. They were, just, were they? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the, they were doing okay. that. The director yeah. was. Yeah. The director. Oh, okay. was. I must have missed that. I think maybe I was watching Chris to see if he was doing it. Yeah. 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 No, I. It, it's such a fucking funny scene because it's like they do. I think like an excellent job recreating that type of filmmaking in a way that is like uh, it's both like supposed to be silly, but also it's supposed to be like a real movie. So it's they, they don't make it cartoonishly bad. They make it just bad enough that it's plausible that this would be a movie that could get made. Oh, which, yeah. Uh, which I appreciate. And I like, yeah, just the the process of the people that were involved in the movie, like getting to watch the first cut of it. Cause it's like a very yeah. specific thing. Cause like once you get to that point in making a movie, like you have no idea whether it's good or not. Like you right. are so like invested and you know, every syllable of the stupid thing that you, that you yeah. have no distance from it. So like you're in that screening, you're just like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. We're finally <laughs> fucking done. Yeah. And everybody's just kind of like, meanwhile, the money people are, are money people. So right. they're just like, uh, sure. Yeah, this is great. Like they have yeah. no fucking concept of right. whether or not and, it's actually good. And the director and little Carmine, uh, are both like trying to think of ways to add more blood scenes. Cause they're just like, I think it would help sell the movie more if we could kill a couple more people, which is, uh, it's, feels not that far off from what it must be like to take like to look at your dailies with like a blumhouse production yeah like, or yeah people just going, like any, like, is any there any way person. we could get her tits out when we stab her to death yeah. like that feels that feels correct yeah there's no yeah. there's no one there that comes in with a personal opinion i mean they come in with a personal opinion but it's always couched in uh like these are the comps for this movie and right. this should be more like X, Y, and Z because X, Y, and Z made this much money. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you're, they're constantly just like trying to squeeze art into uh, mm-hmm. different like rat holes that uh, yeah. they know exist. And it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's um, they also uh, the entire impetus for like making the movie other than like to feed, you know, uh chrissy's need to be a hollywood guy is uh because he thinks like making the godfather meets saw will be a huge blockbuster like he he's he's uh he's convinced that 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 alone will do it so this is um, a flaw in the market that the this movie hasn't been made yet and he's found he's found an angle we found an angle and um we finally get to see it come to fruition and it's uh Chris's storyline is 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 great in this uh, episode, just because you do get to see how much distance now exists between the Chrissy of the past and Chrissy now, who is like really he doesn't hang at the Bing anymore, and he's like he's 
just completely into the movie thing. I uh, like that they've sort of uh, like they've become they've turned into like the press tour version of themselves. And, yeah. uh, you know, as someone who works on the on the other side of the press tour, the movie press tour, it's like this very specific thing where the movie hasn't come out yet, but you're like doing a bunch of interviews and uh, I feel like you're just sort of uh, deputized to be the absolute most uh, self-centered and uh, <laughs> like pedantic and expansive version of yourself. Like you're like everyone yeah. turns into little Carmine a bit like during the press tour. Cause he's a guy, yeah. he's a guy that can just pontificate about anything and, and loves to speak in parables. But now like everyone in his orbit has become like a little bit more like little Carmine and little mm-hmm. Carmine has become uh, you know, like Jim Carrey when he puts on the mask or something. He, right. Yeah. This is it really actually, uh, moves to the beat of jazz. It's uh, sort of like yeah. a cosmic gumbo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I get the money anyways. <laughs> um, I don't know, something like that. Uh, but yeah, fucking. Um, this is an interesting episode for Little Carmine because he starts off doing the clown thing um, that he always does with the malapropisms and the fucking, you know, like. Uh, yeah, the speech that he gives that's funny. But it actually ends with him saying something smart. So it almost feels like it it wraps little Carmine in this nice like narrative bow for this series. Um but uh first we'll start with the uh the scene. So it's the night of the premiere and uh everyone It's a cast and uh, crew screening. The cast and crew screening, Jeez. including all of the New Jersey mafia and some of the Brooklyn mafia. <laughs> Um, and uh, Lil Carmine gives uh, a little speech. Much like a child, a film has many parents. That is to say, many individuals who act like parents, or that by aversion, <laughs> the film is their baby. I, as by a producer, am one of those individuals. I mean, even though you know it's like a written character, you're always rooting for him to say something normal. Uh, like, uh, and then when he says something dumb, you're just—I don't know. I'm happy that he gets a sentence. Out I feel like half of the time when they first introduced him, he was kind of gimmicky. Where I was like, "All yes. right, we get it. He like doesn't use the right word for stuff." But I, I feel like he's really grown into like the perfect parody of a corporate, of a corporate yeah. douchebag because like they really do. Talk they all talk like, like that, that now. It's, yeah. Except for they, they're just using different buzzwords, right. but it's like if you fill it up with enough uh, like tech jargon uh, and like like corporate, uh, just like corporate speak, then Little Carmine's basically doing the same thing. He's just doing it with more mouth. Yeah, if, if Little Carmine was around now, it'd be like he'd be talking about NFTs. He'd be Adam Newman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah serious. There would be NFTs and the blockchain. I just read mm-hmm. some interview of some person talking about how they were like putting their thing as an NFT, and you could tell she had no idea what she was actually talking about. But she was just using like the kinds of words that she's heard, uh, where she's like, "Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just going to be like a totally uh, new and blockchain Block- and disruptive blockchain piece of mm-hmm. experience." And I was like, yeah. "Okay, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely." She's aped in. Why haven't yeah. you aped in? Exactly. Why haven't Brennan, I? Brendan, have you have you aped in yet? Yeah, my ape is so fucking bored on its boat. <laughs> I can't even tell you. You're, you got the most bored ape. He's just like, I'm gonna mm-hmm. fucking kill myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got one fucking... eye, and he's so fucking bored. He's got he's got one eye, 
and a fedora and yeah. he's so fucking bored dude. he's super over it he just has yeah. a, a thought bubble that says there's no one good here and <laughs> you know, right. he's just he's just fucking tired of it i hate this um, fucking yacht i hate yeah. this fedora i hate being an ape I love that they're just depressed. They're like, oh, what if the what if our apes were depressed? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. What if we made some characters that absolutely hated fucking being there? <laughs> just hated existing, which is I think that's uh I don't know, that's a seems like a pretty good metaphor for people who collect NFTs. Mm. Um but yeah, Lil Carmine gives a speech and then we get to see a little bit more of the movie. Um, and it's clear that while watching the movie that Danny Baldwin's boss character is like based on Tony. Um, and you know, that's how excited must Danny Baldwin have been to get to be in a fake on movie the Sopranos. In the Sopranos. Yeah. I wonder if he was the first Baldwin they called up. I mean, Did you think you think the other Baldwins wonder that whenever they get a job? I mean, they definitely were not trying yeah. to get like Alec. Like Alec wouldn't well, work right, of course in not. Role, but they were like, but "Yes, like, we need to get one of the shitty Baldwins." I know, right? I know, but Daniel. how do you? Yeah, Which but of how the do Baldwins you, are on the table right now? Okay, um, so you Billy, got, you, got, you got Billy. He's the skinny one, right? Stephen, he's like the one who's like the weird albino uh, Baldwin, who's also yeah. like a Christian. He's a uh, uh, yeah, born again Christian. Yeah. Baldwin. Yeah. I think he's Justin Bieber's uh, father-in-law or something like that. Oh, nice. right. Nice. Isn't that right? right? I don't um, know which Baldwin oh, yeah, she is. She's married to a Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how she fits into the Baldwin. Yeah. I, I, and then you got Daniel. Daniel's like the Baldwin who's like kind of like Alex. He's the most Alec-y of yeah. the other Baldwins. Cause he's, yeah. Who is uh, the Biodome Baldwin? That's Steven. That's Steven. Billy was in Sliver. Oh, okay. All right. The Biodome Baldwin was Polly Shore Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> who and that's the same Baldwin who played Barney in the live action Flintstones. Mm-hmm. I just remember there was a time when I was like, this is the new this Baldwin is my favorite now. Because Steven? he came out with two Yeah, because oh, it was yeah. like Biodome and then the Flintstones live action, and I was like, this guy's going places. Um, but he had a minute there. Now he's in yeah. like uh, he's probably in a couple of the Sharknado movies now. Yeah, but yeah, I do wonder like when any other Baldwin gets cast who's like not Alec. Uh, if they wonder like, do they call Danny? You know, like mm-hmm. or like if like does Stephen think? Oh fuck! I bet they called Billy first. Or I wonder if there's like a there's got to be rules around that because I would be offended. You know. Mm. Anyways, um. So they watch the movie, and I have a, I have a clip of uh, just a, a little bit more Cleaver action for us. You don't know what? He's a fucking rat. But we can't really prove it. Oh, so you're going to argue with me now? No, <laughs> it's just, I mean, he's practically like your own son. I'm sorry, Sally. I think we ought to give him a pass. I didn't ask you what you fucking think. Motherfucking son of a... <laughs> Find where this pet Levante is, and you bring him to the butcher shop. They're gonna find pieces of this kid all over fucking Canarsie. Yeah. The wedding's in two days. Who? The Guatemalan? What time is he gonna be there? I hate to say this, but the truth is he ain't good enough for you. I mean, he's a good kid. What you need is a man. Tell him to put it in the trunk. (laughs) 
Paulie, watching a his, movie. His ringtone being Cecilia is so <laughs> funny. He's a Simon and Garfunkel guy. Yeah, that that was the most surprising moment. Was that being his ringtone? Because he feel like his the tone of his horn is the Godfather theme. So right. you'd fi- you'd figure most of his other ringtones would be some, but yeah. Yeah. They threw in a so, one out of left like, field on this one. Yeah. It's it sort of, um, the, it, it, it hit me while I was watching this episode, what they do so well, like it, it, it kind of crystallized where they're just so good at every episode is so good at giving you just these little windows and yeah. like, <laughs> Holly's ringtone being Cecilia. <laughs> and the guy that whose phone not only rings during the movie that he doesn't silence silence it, but he picks right. it up and answers and talks on the phone during right, the exactly, movie. Right, exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Just just him doing business in the middle of the movie theater while everyone is watching. It's just And he's the kind of guy that if you shushed him, he would be mad at you and uh and right. be like like whatever I got going on is way more important than the stupid movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's uh you know, this is not a poly episode, but uh the the scenes that have him in it are some of my favorite poly content. He I, he can't help but steal the show. He can't help but steal the show. At the very end of the episode, after you find out that um, Johnny Sack uh, succumbs to cancer, um, they give a little toast, and Paulie just, he just says this. I'd be cancer, but I took him out. Ride the painted pony, let the spinner wheel glide. (laughs) (laughs) No idea. Yeah, I don't don't know. (laughs) No idea. I haven't heard that one, but I like it. I love it. It yeah. sounds right. Like I, I can't dispute whether or not that's an actual fucking he's right. saying. He's right. He's right. I bet he's right. You know, you ride the painted pony, and, and you let the spinning wheel glide, glide or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Like, remember, there's there's that episode of The Simpsons where I I can't remember what happens, but somehow like out of buildings are being destroyed mm-hmm. and it shows a building getting wrecked and the, the wall falls out and Lenny is just sitting in this like ramshackle, yes. you know, like one, one room yes. house. And he goes, please don't tell anyone how I live. Yeah. Like the, I, it's just like the Sopranos does that. Like those yes. little windows that it gives you. Yeah. Please don't tell anyone how I live. So after at the after party, you've got, uh, you know, Tony congratulating Chris and, and you know, uh, say, he says something along the lines of like a hundred years from now, when we're all dead and gone, people are going to be watching this thing, which, uh, no, <laughs> no, nah, yeah, I don't, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I love the idea that he thinks that in a hundred years, um, that, that this is going to be like, like the world's not going to be so flooded with content. And I mean, already water. like 80% of the movies made before like 1950 are just completely lost to history or something like they're that. They're just gone. They're just yeah. gone. Yeah. No, one, yeah. no one thought to save those. They're like, Oh shit. Yeah. I mean, you oh, know, we just, we just stored them in the warehouse. What do you mean to burn down? Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. And like, you know, people are always like, Oh, well, you know, you put it on the internet, the internet's forever. And I'm like, well, not forever. Society is not forever. You know what yeah. I mean? Everything's gonna burn. But um, I do, <laughs> I do, I do like Tony um, congratulating him and whatnot. And uh, 
And then we get kind of like a glimpse into what's going on with the New York um, power vacuum that's going on ever since John. So I was going to say, uh, are we going to talk about Carmela and Tony? Like I would never would have expected that oh. Tony would be the one of the couple who would understand the concept of fiction better than Carmela. What you're referring to right now is the fact that uh, she's at- hung up. She sees this guy who's clearly uh, based on Tony mm-hmm. cheating on his wife with a very Adriana like character. Right. And uh, I like that his, his response was like, what do you mean? It's not Adriana. She's Asian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he says I, I, she's Oriental. Yeah, she's right, Oriental yeah. <laughs> specifically. Yeah. Which is also perfect for Tony. The boss, Tony. What about him? It was based on you. Imitation to form a flattering. You think that was flattering? It was okay. What about the girlfriend? What girlfriend? Sally boy, the boss. He fucked the guy's fiance. The thing with Adriana? I told you it never fucking happened. Well, apparently your nephew feels otherwise. It's a movie. It's fictional. It's a revenge fantasy, Tony, which ends with the boss's head split open by a meat cleaver. So this is, there's a bit of a question here. Yeah. Whether Tony's playing dumb or if he legitimately uh, is pretty... Like, because Tony, his character is generally pretty thin-skinned when it comes to himself and, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, how his underlings, like, think about him and whether they respect him and whatnot. And, right. uh, and And in this situation, Carmela is way more worried about... I mean, granted, she's mostly worried about the cheating, but she... Is she's couching it in the terms like she's worried about uh, that that Chrissy's going to want to kill Chrissy wants to whack Tony or something. Yeah, um, it seemed like he just came to that realization in that moment. Like he hadn't actually considered that. Which I could I I could interpret it either way, and I kind of like both of them. I like the idea that Tony was just having a good time watching a movie and not really like even yeah. thinking about himself or I, but I also like the idea that he's playing super dumb just to be like, what you mean the, the girlfriend yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. Sometimes I just want to tell Carmela, like you do know that when you say things like this, uh, people yeah. can yeah, people die. Make, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, like there's something there. Cause like for her, <laughs> she's saying this because she's like, uh, I don't like that I'm being humiliated. You know, that's like her thing. Is she's like, I yeah, this. That's this really is as a, far as she sees. Like she. That's as far as she sees. Yeah. She sort of cosplays as like the most uh, self-aware mm-hmm. cast member, or like the one who is the most emotionally intelligent. But really, she's almost always acting out of a place of uh, not not wanting to be embarrassed, just like everybody else is. Right. Yeah. And that's. That's fine. It's just like someone's going to die, though. You know? It is funny. Like, I feel like in being a parent, like, I, I, re- I have sort of realized that, like, like a good 80% of the shit that you tell your kids is being like, look, just don't fucking embarrass me. Like, don't make me, yeah. don't make me look like a terrible parent, please. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't. So I, I, I thought that the, the question we're asking was sort of settled with, um, I I thought that Tony actually didn't get it. Yeah. And then uh, it was the movie that he watched that, it, you know, ironically, it was uh, the the movie that JT encouraged him to watch. That right. Made him put it all together because otherwise they wouldn't have that scene of him watching it. That, that was kind of my thought. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure if he was playing dumb there. 
I feel like this whole storyline is a bit ambiguous to me. Not not in like a bad way, but uh, yeah, like I don't I don't a hundred percent know what Tony was thinking for most of the storyline. Well, after after Tony gets into that you know bit of an argument with um, Carmela, he goes to the Bing and then he starts digging. He starts going like he asked Sill, "How did you like the movie?" And he was like, oh, "You know, Danny Baldwin." Pretty yeah, good. but I don't know necessarily know that I don't know that that was him not understanding the movie or just wanting to know if the other people interpreted it the same way that Carmela did because that's what he, he was digging for. He's, that's he's why digging he was to see like, are you guys watching this and like thinking less of lesser of me? Like, are, are, like right. should I be embarrassed about this movie? I think was the subtext there. Right. Exactly. Like, should I be mad about this? Like, is yeah. this actually something or is, is my, you know, wife just kind of, because his uh, personal over, his personal instinct was that he wasn't mad about it. He was just fine with it. But now, yeah, yeah. now the other well, I people. I think it comes down to the question of like, um, it's on some level he appreciates the portrayal because right. he's like a bully and yeah, he's, he's a like, tough guy. He's a tough guy, and he actually says that at one point, right? He's like, yeah, oh, he goes, yeah, that Baldwin's Danny Baldwin. a, Baldwin's a tough motherfucker, like whatever. yeah, right. So, so I think he like saw all the things that he wanted to see. Right. And then, like, Carmela kind of makes him realize that, like, oh, wait, like, yeah, you're a tough guy, but think about the perspective of the movie. It's, yeah. Right. It's, yeah. This you're is the a, bad guy. Yeah. This is boss. this yeah. is a gesture of someone who hates you is kind of what she's would, trying to say. I would argue that it's it's a little bit of the illustration of, of what we always like to talk about, which is like um, Tony, unfortunately, in the beginning is the guy who has the Scarface poster in his dorm room and goes yeah. like, yeah, man, I love that movie. You know what it's all about? It's all about like he didn't break his balls or his word for anybody. Yeah, he was like, just a, yeah, about. Cool it was about dude. this really cool guy. <laughs> yeah, right. fucking gangster, dude. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then, and then Carmel is like, Tone, it's about getting high in your own supply. <laughs> you know, and then like, you know, and then he puts yeah. it together. And, yeah, yeah. I realizes I, I, that Christopher Moltisanti is actually Oliver Stone, and then right. he's got to kill him before he makes JFK. Yes, yeah. that's definitely it. But mm-hmm. you no, know, I mean, well, before I he th- makes uh, Wall Street Two, at the very least. Moving on, uh, I I do think he is like, um, uh, he's not sure how to feel about it, which is why he's going around and you know, kind of like digging. And uh, and then Carmela decides to also yell at Chrissy about this. And Chrissy is like, I think, um, being fairly patient with her because she's being kind of a jerk about it. Because at the end of the day, it's like this is a zombie movie about a guy who has a undead person who has a meat cleaver for a hand like the fact that she would be offended by this is uh, a little she's much being a bad art friend. Uh, she's being this, a bad art friend this that's episode. absolutely right yeah yeah, yeah so uh, Chris realizes that this is going to be a problem because if Carmela like I think Chris thought that no one would see the parallels like I think Chris was a little bit uh, like high on his he own he got supply. into press tour mode and he was just like anything is fair game in art like he he exactly. was thinking with his art brain and not his yes. mafia brain. He realizes that, every, is, that a lot of people in the mafia are not good art friends. Exactly. And um, and he realizes that this is going to be a problem for him and he needs to remedy it. And the only way he knows how to remedy it is to get JT Dolan to... <laughs> and, uh, and hit him with another award. <laughs> yeah, hit, braining him with the award is like the funniest 
goddamn thing. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Well, and and just the fact that uh, he 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 used as an excuse like the way that he talked like the tone of voice he used like don't you fucking talk to me like that maybe you yeah, talk yeah, to your like agent I'm your, like, like i'm your agent yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean because like jt does have a tendency to be a little pissy with a guy who literally you know could control his fate and um well and he's I've, always he's always in press tour mode like jt dolan lives yeah. enti- his entire life talking about cosmic gumbo so like he yes yeah but I have a, I have yeah, a clip. It, it, I always felt like JT kind of doesn't actually realize that they could get him stuffed into a trunk. Yeah, no, his well, whole it's... his whole life is like him using uh, the real world as like uh, elements of future fiction. Like he, sure. right. he, the only reason he ever like started hanging out with Chrissy because he thought it was like cool that he was gonna you know hear some mob shit and be able to like incorporate that into and some be able to script. use it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And of course, that bites him in the ass like fucking crazy. And now he's forced to write this fucking movie, and doesn't get the credit for it. That's another moment I love with JT just in yes. the audience at the screening, and, uh, and they they're like thanking Tony Soprano instead of him. Like everyone gets like a thank you from Chrissy, except for oh, except you for could, JT. You could very much see the Sopranos writers getting their. Uh, their their artistic frustrations out in this script where it's like oh man the fucking the business side is always shitting all over creatives they don't let us do anything and yeah i i have a clip of uh the wonderful uh chrissy and jt scene you gotta tell tony that was your idea it wasn't my idea what are you fucking stupid now he probably thinks i put it in there to embarrass him why did you put it in there it was an idea i don't know who knows where they fucking come from Isaac Newton invented gravity because some asshole hit him with an apple. It's bad enough that I don't get credit for my own ideas. Now I'm supposed to take responsibility for some shit that's going to get me in trouble? Fuck that, man. (coughs) Humanitas Award? What's that? Humanitas. From the Paulist Brothers. For writing themes of socially redeeming... The the just like for writing themes of socially redeeming like that's is the exact moment at which I want to brain someone with their award. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, just the amount of ego that goes into like being a screenwriter or a television writer who gets an award for like not only did you write a movie and get paid a bunch, but you, also you contributed the, to humanity. You contributed to humanity. You uh you know, you've done some socially redeeming th- just like hitting him in the middle of that is fucking beautiful. Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here. Have you seen Chuck Norris lately? Not like around, you know, the block or whatnot. I'm not saying have you seen run into him at your local grocery store. I'm saying Have you seen what his body looks like? He is still kicking butt and staying active well into his 80s. And what's even more shocking is he somehow looks more jacked than ever and seems to have more energy than guys half his age. And it's all thanks to Morning Kick, a revolutionary new daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions that combines ultra-potent greens like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen, and even ashwagandha. Just mix with water, stir, and enjoy. Unlike other green drinks out there, this one actually tastes like strawberry lemonade and has hundreds of five-star reviews. Since I started drinking Morning Kick, and yes, I have started drinking it. Why? Because they sent me some. And honestly, I've never felt better. 
my digestion is smoother, my body looks leaner, and I have energy all day. I just I feel younger, even though I I am a young man. I feel even younger, bro. Like if you know anything about me, you know that I'm someone who is obsessed with gut health. All right, you know I I, I drink kombucha. I like a I like a probiotic drink. I do all sorts of things to make sure that my gut is healthy. And I'll tell you, this is actually great for your gut, and it actually tastes good, which is not something you can say about kombucha. Let's be honest. And another thing I loved about it: easy to prepare. I love that it's just something you just mix with water and stir. I didn't have to like you know, learn to make a culture from a SCOBY or whatever. Like, I just had to buy some morning kick, mix it with water, stir it, drink it down. And it tasted great. So if you want something that tastes good, makes your digestion feel smoother, and make your body look leaner and give you more energy, try morning kick. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash pod yourself for up to 44% off your regular priced order. Plus, every purchase is backed by a 90-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to experience smoother digestion, a boost of energy, and just an overall healthier body, then go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash pod yourself today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, JT, um, yeah, he goes over to the Bing. Yeah, JT's and- solution to this, I mean, he really, he screenwritered it up, but boy, like, that guy, you you understand why he was, uh, you know, getting staffed on so many shows that he came up with a really excellent line of bullshit. Yeah, and I think it it's something that would have worked if not for one glaring flaw love triangle the cuckolding of michael sleeping with the fiance very similar to the holden holiday dynamic so the whole thing was your idea and apologies to garson canaan what happened to your head what <laughs> oh uh cabinet i I love that so much because he 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 wove this incredible yeah. tapestry of a lie that sounds legit. Yeah. Like this idea that he's like basing it off of this obscure movie and this obscure screenwriter. And the one lie he didn't think of is why does it look like he just got brained by one of his awards? Was he humanitas also? Exactly. And then he comes up with like the worst excuse of any battered person, which is like, uh right. I fell. I fell down the stairs. Oh, yeah. Oh, and and I think that's the moment for Tony where he realizes that 
this is bullshit. Like he was put up to this, you know, and he in the next scene goes to watch, you know, uh, that movie born yesterday. And I think he, I, you know, maybe he's doing it just to check, just to see if this is like, uh, similar, if it's possible, JT actually, you know, stole it from this, but I think mostly he's just depressed and watching a movie as he usually does. You know, he just basically he took that whole thing and he said, all right, well now I have a new movie to watch, you know, so I can sit and be depressed and eat ice cream in front of the TV. Um, and yeah, uh, Tony then goes to uh, Melfi and uh, does the thing that he does sometimes, um, which is upstage every actor on the show with one of the best scenes. His dad, Dickie, was like my me to him. A mentor. A friend. A fucking guy you could look up to. And the hope is that you pass that shit down, the respect and the love and all I did for this fucking kid, and he fucking hates me so much. Is it possible that on some level you're reading into all this? I've been coming here for years. I know too much about this subconscious now. Mm. I that was that was the neo I know kung fu. <laughs> yeah, <moment>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I. Uh... I'm actually mad that uh, we watched the many saints of Newark uh, in parts of the season because there's a lot. I know there's a, so much in the season that dovetails with the many saints of Newark, and um, not in a good way. Like the I know, like I don't, I know, I don't want to have a, that shitty mental picture of who Dicky Moltisanti is. It was the first thing I thought of. As I don't want to have like... the shitty mental picture of what it looks like when Tony was hanging out with Baby Christopher. Ugh. <laughs> Oh, cool, a hamburger. <laughs> like, the first thing I thought when he was like, you know, Dickie was like my me to him. And it's just him going in his room and going, you're eating comic books? Oh! <laughs> it's just like, fuck, man. That movie did nothing to make you think that no. they in any way had any kind of relationship. Um, but, hey, you know, that was the point of the movie. It's supposed to be bad because... David Chase hates the fans. Mm -hmm. I feel like you can, to... I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's partly that the many saints of Newark, uh, like gives, adds like a sour note to parts of the season. But, uh, mm -hmm. but also I feel like this season is really when it does start to get a little self-referential and you see them doing like a little bit of pandering that uh that the sopranos never did prior to this in I, what way I actually i thought the whole coma you know the first part the 6a mm -hmm. was such a fucking self-suck i uh, think like, like for me like I in, hated it. in this episode like rewatching the coma uh, episodes i they didn't bother me as much as they did the first time around but in yeah. this episode watching uh like there be a, a Geraldo segment on like the new jersey mafia and they yeah. have like the writer they have like i think it was like Matthew. the wise guy to wise guys yeah oh fuck my and, and Maro. like ah, brilliant <laughs> exactly like when was when was the last time you saw like talking heads on tv 
discuss that, like the minutia. That was the most jarring thing to me is like thinking about the mob being actually relevant in yeah, like, no. popular culture. That's like it yeah, goes that was against definitely the most jarring thing. It goes against that, the it, entire idea of the show, which is like this is the mafia after they've stopped being uh relevant yeah. in that way. Though though I did love the the um the professional psychologist being an ab an amateur mob analyst yes yeah like, or sorry a, an armchair mob analyst right professional psychologist armchair mob analyst mm-hmm. it's like oh i knew this was happening i knew this was coming and, to and like i didn't really understand what the like uh the tension was between him and the other guy like they were having this like kind of passive aggressive argument and i'm just like that, all i could yeah. think is like maybe on the east coast this is like a news segment they would have where you here's a little mafia update on who's in charge but i'm like no. i don't you find so. out about you only find out about this shit after the fact when he gets like murdered by a Q guy. Right, exactly. Yeah, the, <laughs> the idea that like people are following this. Was, imagine know. like just like <laughs> just like uh, leaning on like Chinese guys to give you money, uh, you know, to like protection money, uh, and working like working from there like all the way up like capo like navigating uh-huh. all the politics. You're the boss. And then some guy who like thinks that you drink adrenochrome just shoots you in the chest <laughs> in the driveway. <laughs> I mean, because that's kind of what yeah. this episode's about, right? I mean, because that was it it, it sucks. It yeah. sucks. Like yeah. well, that you, was like Johnny Sack. Johnny Sack's like, dude, this sucks. It's a thankless Tony job. Go yeah, it's a thankless job. Tony goes out to get the paper. He gets harassed by the FBI. Yeah. He's like, this fucking sucks. It I mean, that was safe for years. That, like, and he, that was such a great moment. That was the real life version of Omar getting capped by a little kid in the wire. Yeah, like he, this guy, like yeah. this guy is pissed off, you know, probably thousands of people, uh, yeah. like doing crime. Uh, and when he finally gets shot, it's by some crazy asshole yeah. <laughs> who is obsessed uh, with a fucking web theory. I, like I, made, I was trying to yeah. do a citizen's arrest. Like that I, is incredible. Yeah. I also thought about the wire with that because the, you know, one of my favorite lines from that show is like heavy is the head that wears the crown. And it's said like facetiously in that show, but like you've got um, Tony, you've got Johnny Sack and you got little Carmine all essentially expressing that sentiment. Right. At different points in the show. Yeah. Philly, Philly as well. It fucking sucks. Yeah. 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 I mean, like in terms of the mafia as like the, uh, the American experiment in miniature, like, this has very much been playing out in politics. Like the, the, the mm-hmm. storyline of this episode is like, yeah, what kind of fucking idiot would want to be in charge of these other idiots? And then like, you look right. at like the political landscape and it was like, Oh yeah, we got like Joe Biden and like Donald Trump. Cause we need like, we need someone who's like c- crazy and delusional enough of a like senile narcissist that would actually want this. And yeah, right. uh, that's to go what after to, this. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of like, uh, I don't know, like psychosis and just like narcissism, narcissism that it takes to even pursue this line of work. It's like it's paralleled with politics. It's the same exact thing. And it is thankless. It's completely thankless. The only difference is, is like at least with one of those jobs, you're actually like helping society. And I mean, the mafia. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you give out turkeys to the kids. You're giving out turkeys. People need turkey. And also, who doesn't need protection? Um, but yeah, it is uh it is interesting the kind of like the 
the thanklessness of the job for uh, the top job uh, for everyone. They all have this opinion in, in this episode and uh, and no one no one seems to, you know, Philly doesn't want to take control of New York because he had this heart attack and um, and he's just uh, he's seeing Johnny Sack not only in prison for the rest of his life, but in prison with a probably a short life because of this uh, cancer diagnosis. And I mean, um, I, I remember when this episode aired, I mean, it's what, 25 years ago or no, 20 years ago at this point. Yeah. 15 years ago. 15 okay. years now. It's not yeah. that bad. Yeah. 15 years ago. And um, I, I, it's just like, I view it through such a different lens now. And and I think to your, to your point, it's like, what kind of fucking idiot wants to be in charge of all this? Like that's yeah. awful. That sounds like the worst job in the world. Like yeah. uh, the thing I always think about is like one of my favorite onion headlines ever was, you know, after Obama got elected, it was like black man given nation's worst job. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, well, it's like the writing's so very true. clearly on the wall that this is a sinking ship. And then you're going to fight with other people over who gets to be captain of it. It's like, okay, right, exactly. yeah, go for it, yeah. dude. You're going to yeah. risk so your so, life, your life. So then who, who remains like, just like the most insane people mm-hmm. who are only vying for the power because like solely for power's sake and and the most fatalistic people too because that's why Mm -hmm. this is why like the same thing with cartels and whatnot uh this is why after a while after generations psychopaths end up being all that's left because the most psychopathic is going to be the one who's the most on top they're the ones who are willing to get their hands dirty and uh you know there's there's no more honor among thieves anymore yeah, a few episodes prior, remember, like, Ponte Corvo was like, hey, uh, what do you think about getting out? You know, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, no. And yeah. then he just hangs himself. Right, right? exactly. Like, it, there's, like, this self-selection um, that, yeah. that takes place where, yeah, you're only, you're sort of necessarily only going to end up with very maladjusted people right. uh, to, to run this thing. And then, of course, the, then then all that trickles down and there's, massive institutional decay because yeah. you've got a psychopath in charge calling right. the shots yeah and just a bunch of other psychos vying for that spot and hey, um, uh, real quick I, I was gonna say I, I really do not want to let the opportunity go mm-hmm. to point out um tony's line at the cleaver party look it's the family of early man <laughs> Oh yeah. my God! <laughs> Just looking like a bunch of baboons smiling for the camera. <laughs> yeah, it's a family of army me. Oh yeah! Just, <laughs> just the fucking widest, longest brows you've ever seen. Just, just nothing but frontal lobe. <laughs> Uh, we, haven't, yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked about it yet, but uh, I really, Sidney Pollock as the uh, wife murdering doctor, yes. weird storyline, but God, like the introduction of that character where he's explaining so his good. crime is just, I mean, Sidney Pollock is always, he's one of those actors where he, he kind of always makes you happy when he shows up, uh, yes. but him just telling the story about murdering his wife uh, because he was a cocaine addict and he thought she was cheating on him. Whew, yeah, that was such I, uh, a, just a great story. I've and, never been to prison, but I can totally see a white collar person in for a non white collar crime. Yes, admitting to what they did very much like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes. it, it just felt like that's again where you go back to the writing, and it's like, holy shit, this is so good. I can totally see a guy. He is like a Richard Kimball who actually did it. So, what are you, the world's smallest orderly? These days, I am. 
I killed my wife. She was cheating on me with her chiropractor. Jesus. Came home one day, shot her four times, twice in the head. I killed her aunt, too. I didn't know she was there, Roll And the mailman. <laughs> At that point, I had to fully commit. Yeah, like, the, the way he sets it up, you think he's going to they're going to give him some just justification for it. Like he caught them in bed together and it was like, no, I just went home and killed her. And then yeah, her yeah. was there and I had to kill her too. And then the mailman, I had to kill him. Cause you know, why yeah. not? And it's just, that's what I loved about it. Like what was unsaid in it is that, yeah, it was not necessarily. Yeah, it it wasn't Andy Dufresne coming like, home and no. fucking like, he's not, he's yeah. not wrongfully accused, nor was it a crime of like passion. It was more a calculated, like, I'm going to go. Just having, he was just having a bad day and he was thinking about it a lot. Just, yeah. You know what? And he has, yeah. and he was, you know he has enough distance a lot of to be like somewhat introspective, but not to the point that, uh, it's very he displays any like reticence about yeah, it or remorse or anything. Yeah. And, and, just and like, mostly, well, it was a fucked up thing that happened, you know? And mostly he's using it to try to impress Johnny Sack. Sure. Um, but what I love about this character of Dr. Feldman uh, is that he is, I think, for the show, for the series, the culmination of the show that hates doctors. Because this is <laughs> yeah. like. There's so many characters that like doctor characters on this show who are these like narcissists or just fucking like just dickheads or just completely. There's not one doctor on the show that seems like a nice guy. There's either like there's this guy who's like kind of seems like a nice guy, but is like openly evil in his introduction. Yeah, He's literally a murderer. (laughs) And there's some that are that are like uh, moral and good, but they're like assholes. Like you don't. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. They're not going to take mob money, but they are. Dickheads. You have your doctor. You you have your doctor Kennedys, and you know you have uh you know even even the the doctor who he was arguing with um who went you know he was like you Rosen. should put this show has had such a pointed critique of doctors the entire time and to with the final season end with a literal like triple murdering doctor who <laughs> gives Johnny Sack the wrong advice or yeah. or or gives him false hope <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> that is the perfect culmination of this weird critique ah, that is shoved the, into the show f- for the false whatever hope reason. was kind of a gift though wasn't it in i mean i, I guess it, he lived it, a couple a, good days after yeah, he that. got to smoke again yeah he got to smoke it again he got <laughs> to tell some more stories another storyline that that uh we glossed right over because you know there's so many good things about this episode but when Johnny Sack finds out he has stage four cancer and he's lamenting that he quit smoking like two weeks ago. And he's like, yes. I can't believe I yeah. started, I quit smoking. I started working out like at least 15 days ago. And now this yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> well, my favorite part is right after that, the fed who's driving him back to the fucking jail, uh, to the prison goes like, um, even so it was the right move. Only a Fed could <laughs> right. think like this it's guy's gonna a, die in three months. This is a is a fucking like look, completely it was, lost. It was cause. the right look. You may it may not you may not get a thing out of it, but uh, yeah, it yeah, was still yeah. good that you denied yourself joy. It, that I, is the most Fed thing to say. I, I was gonna bring up that like the main kind of the A storyline in this in this episode is is Johnny Sack dying. Yeah, um, and. Um, we we had not touched on it yet and 
I really love Johnny Sack. Like, and mm-hmm. I think it's really just about the writing, the acting, and the casting. Like, yeah. he was just so good. Because when you really think about it, Johnny Sack didn't do a lot in the show. Like, right. He, he was kind of a guy. Like, there was no big dramatic arcs that involved him, really. But, like, well, there was, he was just such yeah. a good kind of like bit player and and he act he was such a good actor he was so well written like yeah you know and, and i think it's it it's a testament to the show that like you know i was like fuck man johnny sack died like, yeah, yeah yeah you yeah. know he, he's not the hero it's not the sh- nothing that he even particularly does it's all, all that special but like yeah it's just he, it's so good at building his character up over time to make him someone that you care about and yeah it's not a plot driven show that you care about like the outline like you care about that they have sketched this like such a round fully like fully fleshed out character like johnny sack he's like this weird neat freak who's kind of a prick and he's you know it's like he he, loves his wife he loves his wife despite her weight and her being ridiculed by people like he's He's like not a bad guy. And they actually mention in the scene where he's talking to his brother, uh, he's like, how will I be remembered on the street? And they were like, generally you were liked. People thought you were good, except for people thought maybe you got, you know, became kind of trigger happy after Carmine died and you took over, you know, and that was true. It was like a thing. His character changed a little bit once he was, you know, kind of head of New York. Yeah. And uh, and that's he did become kind of like a I don't know kind of a a dick. And, but but and just that's for, the that's the heavy as the head that wears a crown scene, right? He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I would like to see what other people did in that situation. Didn't yeah, say that, but yeah. He's like, less, no, God forbid anyone else. God forbid. Be, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, he's, he's telling you, man, it sucks. Like, yeah, everyone, like, everyone thinks they want to be the boss, and then when you're in charge. You gotta make these hard fucking decisions. Like it sucks. But it's and an interesting part of me. There's even a part of me that was sort of like, you know, I don't think this is what they meant, but it was part of me. It, it didn't escape me that like it, it sort of made me feel like at the same time, like you know, Johnny Sachs obviously been able to have this incredible life because he's the boss mm-hmm. in New York, and it it kind of just reminded me of people who have like ridiculous amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Yet only like yet only seem to have time to post on the internet about how mean people are to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 100%. Like I don't think that's what this episode is about, but it's kind of or like or like it Lloyd Lloyd that. Blankfein. Like there was a tweet today from the guy who like was running Goldman Sachs, who probably is just disgustingly like revoltingly rich. Yeah, and he said something like, "You know, say say what you will about Hitler. His soldiers never used chemical weapons during World War II. <laughs> it's like, like man, you would have to try. Like, you would have to get up pretty early in the morning to say something fucking dumber than that." <laughs> yeah, there's one yeah. thing that the the Nazis never did was use chemicals to <laughs> yeah. say, but like, gas that's a, people to death. <laughs> perfect example of like a guy who's like so rich and comfortable and like that is what he spent his fucking day yeah doing. you don't need to kvetch you you have no you're good um yeah so johnny sack um you know yeah he does get a few you know days of i guess um relief thinking maybe that he might live a little bit longer 
Um, Jenny Sack does not like that he's smoking and, you know, tells him about the power of positive thinking. And uh, (laughs) I do love him saying, what about all these six-year-olds dying of leukemia? What was that from? All their negative thinking? Which I'm like, that's, I love that. Um, Of course, Dr. Feldman ends up being wrong. And, um, and uh, Johnny Sack does, does die. Um, and Ginny offers him a cigarette as he's dying, which I thought was uh, kind of cute. That, uh, no, that was like legit touching. It, it was. It was that. And then also like, I had this thought too. So this came out in 2007. Yeah. A, a man in a drama on his deathbed calling out for his mother mm-hmm. in the year 2007. And they found a way to make it poignant like right you know what i mean i'm like that's like that is the most like trite thing and again it's just like what a brilliant job of writing directing acting like all those things coming together that johnny sack is like calling for his mother on his deathbed and i was like damn like it was yeah the fact that it works yeah Yeah, it totally worked yeah the fact that it works is like yeah it's a testament to just uh how good the show is they did it they know how to do the art it's a good show. This is what I keep telling people. I keep saying you should watch The Sopranos. It's good. Um, but of course, this leaves kind if of. If only they would listen. I know. I know. Then someday they could listen to you this podcast. You should create a podcast about it. <laughs> uh, um, so uh, this leads into kind of like some of the New York stuff that's going on. Um, real quick, basically, um, what's happening is two people are vying for the top spot now that Phil Leotardo has decided he's he's stepping back. You've got uh, Jerry, uh, the hairdo, Torciano, mm-hmm. and you've got uh, Doc Santoro. And um, uh, Jerry uh, is a you know at dinner with Sill, and he's telling him about a metaphor. Uh, that uh, he has for Phil Leotardo. And I, I just have a, a, a quick clip of that. Johnny goes away. It's Phil's turn in the driver's seat, and his heart gives out. Right. His heart. I know. What? It's a metaphor. He lost his balls, is what I'm saying. Let's say it then. Walt fucking Whitman over here. <laughs> I do love that under that hairdo is a beautiful brain that learned a metaphor. Um, and, uh, and it's at that moment when, um, well, that's the last metaphor he's ever going to, ever going to utter because at that moment, that uh, that beautiful brain is soon spattered all over. Just all over the place. He gets capped by some of Doc Santoro's people. And this is, this is sad for, uh, was there like a hitman's uniform in Sopranos? I feel like every hitman was dressed like that in the show. Like anytime I hit. Yeah. That's like in, in New Jersey. I think that, that look with the hat and the hoodie and stuff, that's what, that's like, Oh, I'm just a regular guy. And so that you're not scared of getting killed. It's but, not even a hoodie. It's like a track jacket with the white. It's a stripe track on the jacket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. And um, yeah, I mean, they probably get it like some sort of mafia hitman supply store. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, Surplus. yeah, and he shoots him uh, right in his hairdo uh, and the chest and a bunch of other places too, and he dies. And um, face down in the eggplant parmesan. <laughs> I mean, dying in a fucking Italian restaurant for a mafioso has got to be. That's like, 
if you were to ask yeah, any mafioso, yeah, but- would you be cool with that? They'd be like, it's it's like my version of dying, you know, like it, in the middle yeah. of fucking a fish or something. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but I feel like or, I feel or like, me in um, quicksand. You know, that's right. I feel like the face and the food would be like the line that doesn't get crossed where like, you know, ironically enough, Silvio was there, but I can see would be like his face. It was, it was in the, it was in the chicken Parmesan. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Silvio getting his face spattered with blood has probably for him, like set him back, you know, in his like, I don't know, uh, germophobia, probably, you know, a few therapy sessions because, uh, he's, he is not a fan of, uh, he's a cleanly guy. Um, but, uh, yeah. So then Philly is depressed and, um, our second to last scene is Philly is at a remembrance for his dead brother, Billy. And he's explaining, um, to a bunch of kids, how uh, he went from Leotardo or Leonardo to Leotardo. And uh, I have a, uh, a clip of that. Who knows who is Leonardo da Vinci? Maddie? Yeah, he wrote the Da Vinci Code. No. Another man wrote that, but it's a hideous, sacrilegious book. He was a painter of the Mona Lisa. Very good. He was not only a painter, he did medical drawings and he designed a tank for the army. Wow. <laughs> Leonardo was a great Italian, and that was our name originally, Leonardo. But many years ago, when my grandpa came over from Sicily, they changed it at Ellis Island to Leotardo. Why did they do that for? Because they're stupid, that's why, and jealous. They disrespected a proud Italian heritage and named us after a ballet costume. Marissa? That's for modern. In ballet, you wear tutus. It doesn't make a difference. That's right, it doesn't. Can we have cake now? I uh, I feel bad for for Philly at this point. Well, my because... question was, why didn't any of the kids ask, like, "Hey, Grandpa, why don't why don't you just change that back? You can you can go ahead and you can do that now." You know, well, it's too late. Well, He's, you know, the 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 line after that I thought was so funny because I have a very vivid memory of that scene, mm-hmm. um, but of course, over the you know twenty five or twenty or fifteen years or whatever the fuck it's been uh-huh. um it, it's been distorted because what i remember was that scene being a very serious scene with philly you know lamenting about the name change and and sort of implying like this um you know emasculation mm-hmm. being you know having her name replaced with this great man with you know a ballet outfit um and that's like kind of how I remembered it. And then the girl responds, well, it doesn't really matter. And he goes, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes, you're right. It's just it a doesn't. stupid thing. Yeah. It, it really is, you know? And, and yeah. it's just such a funny thing in my head because, as yeah, as like a 25-year-old, I was like, oh, that sucks, man. Yeah, he's he's a pussy because he's got like this tutu name. And then as a 40-year-old, I'm like, who the fuck cares? Yeah, who cares, bro? <laughs> but, um. Yeah, it is. It's interesting, but it also kind of leads to the ending of this episode, <laughs> which is um, kind of a ramp up. God bless you. Um, it's kind of a, a, a ramp up to uh, some action is going to be happening. And it's basically Phil Leotardo saying no more Mr. Nice Guy. And, uh, you know, he's he's done kind of like not. He's done taking shit and he's talking to Butchie and uh, and we have this ending sequence with like this is another weird fucking choice of song by David Chase. 
like just a very weird British song. Yeah. Boy, has he choose some weird songs. Like sometimes he's just like he's so off. And like we've had, in fact, you were on for the most like the previous most British song ever, Brendan, um, with the, you know, yeah, with the kinks. And like they just like up the ante with an even more British song that is just like it's so weird. Um, And I have a I have a clip of that. Oh, good. My family took shit from the Medigans the minute we got off the boat. Come on. Fuck you talking about. Leotardo. That's my fucking legacy. No more, Butchie. No more of this. The bloody pipes are bloody fangs. The bloody kings are bloody rags. The bloody pipes made out of bread. The bloody queen is bloody dead. My bloody teeth are bloody fuck. A bloody lorry is a truck. Bloody laser, bloody crisps. Save you bacon, fish and cheese. Bloody bars are bloody pop. Erasers are bloody rubber. Bloody chickens are bloody boiled. <laughs> Aluminium is foil. The bloody gears are bloody daft. Oh, you having a laugh? The bloody strong are bloody fit. David Baker fish and chips. Public schools are bloody private. The bloody trash is called the dust. The bloody chimneys bloody sweep. David Baker fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird how British this song is. <laughs> That is the hottest grind track I've ever heard. Bloody petrols, bloody gas, the bloody arse, bloody ass, bloody cups, the bloody Bobby. Bob's your uncle, Bobby Jobby. Bloody neck, bloody tie, bloody towns all in the chair. There's a Q and bloody check, baby, bigger fishy teeth. A bloody seas, a bloody Z, a bloody nuts, a bloody head. The bloody water is what's up. America's America. Bloody jammies, bloody luck. Bloody bloody's bloody fuck. The bloody lines are bloody kill. The bloody loo is where you poo. The Fortnite's too bloody weak. A saving bigger fishy teeth. It's just a strange song, and I don't really, I don't fully understand why it's in there, but I don't know, man. It just, they have weird choices in music. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> um, so, and the episode ends with, I don't know, the christening of the baby. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, they christen the hell out of that baby. And uh, Tony hugs Chris. But uh, they're doing the thing where both of their eyes are like sociopath eyes, you know? So I don't think it was a real hug is what I'm saying. Mm. Mm. And, and uh, yeah, and that's that's the episode. Um, real quick, do we have any uh, favorite scenes, least favorite scenes, or scenes that we missed? Vince? Um, I really liked the, uh, well, just AJ's... Uh, increasingly contentious relationship with his girlfriend. I liked that dinner scene. We didn't talk about that dinner scene. Oh, um, and I then, mean, the line, the line, you have a fight or something? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. I also liked uh, when they're asking Meadow if she, like, what happened to that guy in your, uh, in your medical whatever class? And she's like, and she says, he's completely fixated on his Oakham final. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That was his, that was, I liked that. I also, I mean, just like, I really, there was so much color and wonderful vibrancy in just the the short little interaction where uh, I forget who it is, but introduces you know the Baldwin brother and yeah. uh, and says he you know he got a ticket on the Jersey Turnpike and Tony yeah. goes like I'll take care of it yeah yeah and just Doc, like yeah yeah it was Doc yeah and, yeah and just like. I, 
playing that all out in my head was just such a joy thinking about <laughs> a Baldwin brother getting a ticket on the Jersey Turnpike for a cracked windshield uh-huh. and then Tony having a connection somewhere in the you know I, I listen I don't know about my uh tri-state area jurisdictions but you know our transit authority or something right who knows right who like, knows having the connections and then him like you know having that enable him to feel like you know he has some power yeah to be like i'll get that taken care of don't you worry about it yeah don't you worry about that fix it ticket because it's absolutely just a fix it (laughs) right absolutely so it's it's not it's not don corleone being like i'm gonna take care of this for you yeah right yeah (laughs) daughter's wedding day you know he's just like tony's just taking care of like clerical bullshit yes for a baldwin brother it's one so it's one step above mind palace that you can create around that little interaction which is so beautiful it's one step above um like just taking a sledgehammer to a uh parking meter in order to get the coins out in donnie brasco you know Mm -hmm. like that is it's just it's they don't have the power they used to have but they can still do these little little things and uh and that's enough that's enough for them right a nice little life um yeah, uh, I yeah I agree. I I love the I love the scene with um, AJ not knowing that he's in a fight with Blanca, and <laughs> uh, and that line that she has where where Meadow is like, oh, if I, I if only I could meet someone normal, and she's like, I hear that, which I'm like, fuck, <laughs> right? That is, <laughs> yeah. At your, it fa- makes you wonder what is she referring to? What's, at your boyfriend's what's abnormal? family's there yeah right there. Like right in front of the in-laws damn dude yeah she keeps it real yeah so that is uh yeah um yeah the d- d- real gangster of this episode uh i don't know stage four cancer mm-hmm. that's uh quite a gangster yep and um my favorite malapropism um oh, it's gotta so many. be it's gotta be i think the sacred and the propane mm-hmm. yeah um yeah I feel like you can't really fuck. With that. I mean, I I gotta say, I gotta I gotta give a shout out to uh, some fuck throws an apple at him and he comes up with a theory of gravity. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. You know, I felt like um, with that one, it, it was just like there was so much going on um, <laughs> because it's it's kind of a malapropism, but it's it's um, it's also like a peek into into Chris's worldview yeah. where it's like. An apple wouldn't just fall on his head. It would have to be propelled. It forces you yeah. to paint the picture in your mind of what he thinks the Isaac <laughs> Newton story was, where he was just like hanging out and somebody fucking brained him with an apple. And then that's how right. he came yeah. up with the theory. Right. Someone's like, it is my fucking tree. Yeah. 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 To him, the discovery of gravity you was an act of violence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Violence is the only way to true discovery. Everyone knows that. Uh, right. The beginning of the universe was violent. Uh, it was a big bang, but uh, yeah, it is. It is a pretty great one. Um, and yeah, if I had to grade this episode, um, I would give it a B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Uh, yeah, tough one. I mean, like I said, good bridge episode. I'm gonna say it's a solid B plus. Hmm. Okay, that's a surprise. Uh, Brendan, if you had to give this episode any grade, what would you give it? B plus, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just talked myself into a B plus. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a B plus episode of The Sopranos. 
and an A-plus episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Brendan, baby, yes. thank you for coming on the show. I I, I love you. And uh, where where can where can people find you? What Nowhere. what's your what's your address? At my house, just chilling. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right, go. Don't go to his house, everyone. Um, and yeah, thanks thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us and talking Sopranos. And uh, you're coming to my wedding, right? Yeah, I already RSVP. You know, Vince, you have not RSVP. Oh, you know, that stands for RSV Piracy. RSV. Dude, I'm gonna hey. I'm gonna RSDP to this. Yeah, what does that mean? Oh shit. Dude, oh, double, R- double yeah. penetration. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Hell yeah, dog. Uh yeah. Make sure uh everyone uh, online uh listening to this, please RSVP to my wedding. Just kidding. <laughs> uh <laughs> uh yeah. Um patreon.com slash broadcast for all of the bonus episodes. Vince, the $8 tier gets you a shout out. Um, this is very exciting, uh, Brendan, for you. Uh, Vince reads the names and gives them all a, a mob nickname. That's what we do for, for $8. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I'm just, yeah. All right. So first is uh, Eric Bogenschultz. Uh, we, we missed his last name last week. That was my bad. So we got to give him a, a mafia name. Oh, he's a bogan, is he? Uh, we're going to call this guy Crocodile Dundee. All right, yeah. Crocodile Dundee. Dun- Next- Crocodile Dundee's nuts. Uh-huh. All right, that yep, works. Yep. So these are Australian mobsters? No, well, I, just sometimes- heard the, I just heard the name Bogan, and I just said, I went with it. Look, you just go with your oh, gut okay. on a nickname. You cannot yeah. overthink it. That's the thing. Yeah, don't, don't make sure. him overthink, because he's the one who's good at this. I can't do this for some reason. Next okay. is Manil Arachachij. Uh, Mm-hmm. I don't know how to. I don't know how to. Pronounce I'm gonna call that. this guy arachnophobia, because that's what it looks like to me. Fair enough. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. Next is our Aust- uh, our gonna get a mob nickname. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next is Austin Krumpaski. Mm-hmm. Oh, we call this guy the Polak. Is that allowed? <laughs> can we do that? Can we? I think I mean, we can do that. It's a mob nickname. That's, Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That absolutely would be a real mob, mob nickname. Next. Um, uh, $8 tier now, down from 300 Kenley Bidwell. Haven't we Give already another... haven't we already given? I feel yeah, like that's given right. We've already given. Nicknames. Well, thank yeah. you, Kenley. We yeah. fucking love you. Whatever your name is, uh, is still your name. All right, next is Craig Turner. Hey, Craig Turner. Uh, we call this guy Coach. Wasn't uh, wasn't the guy who played Coach Turner or something? Anyway, we're He's calling Craig this Craig Nelson. Craig yeah. T. Nelson. Yeah, Craig. There we go. About, uh... yeah, there we go. He's Craig T. We're going to call this guy Coach. I'm, I'm yeah. sticking with Coach. Sorry. I mean, I don't know. Brendan seemed like he had one. What was his name again? Craig Turner. <laughs> Craig Turner and Hooch. There we go. Yeah, right. uh, Zarella. <laughs> uh, next is Jack Zink. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Jack Zink off. Just thinking about this guy right now. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, hey, we call this guy Zilch. I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Next, we got Michael Saldariaga. Mm-hmm. Noma. What? I don't know. His name reminds me of Nomar Garcia Parra. Garcia so Parra. Okay. Nomar. All right. Got it. Got it. Uh, Max uh, Quintanilla. We're going to call this guy Teach because uh, my high school Spanish teacher was Mr. Quintanilla. And uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
All right. Hey, teach. Hey. Uh, next we uh, we got uh, four more. We got Jonathan Morse. Oh, we call this guy dot dot dash. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna call him the horse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, all right, Darren Bloomgren. Uh, we call this guy uh, uh, Bloom County. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That Swedish chef. I don't know. Is that Bloom? It feels Swedish. We'll call him the Bloomkin. There we the go. The Bloomkin. Oh, yeah. there we go. Uh, all right. Next is Sebulba, which is uh, definitely a Star Wars character who rode a pod racer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, wh- what else did he do? That's it. He, he helps was- us with the loans with the people that we know about. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so he's a space Jew. <laughs> we call this guy the space Jew. That was the whole implication of Sabalba, wasn't it? No, Sabalba was was the pod racer. He wasn't the 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 little Armenian guy. I thought he was Armenian. He could be Jewish. He's probably Jewish. We're still calling Sabalba the space Jew. Mm-hmm. Um, and l- lastly is the wonderful Emma Van. Hey, we call this girl Dutch because uh, it's got to be Emma Van something, but uh, we're just right? going to call her Dutch for short. I was looking for a last like a last part to it, but I couldn't find it anywhere. All I see is Emma Van. So she's Emma Van. We're calling her Dutch. Mm-hmm. All right. So those are all. Or maybe Bugsy. Sh- Bugsy, you know, that was his real name was Dutch. So I don't know. All right. You can pick and choose. Too. Both. Emma, yeah. you got both of those names. Um, Patreon.com slash broadcast for the $8 tier shout outs and all the other tiers and the bonus episodes broadcast at gmail.com for all of your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. Starts being rude Has a shitty attitude It tears AJ apart It's ruining his Sunday dinner Silvio and the hairdo They eat some gabagool Jerry gets shot right in his head Doc wanted Jerry dead Now there's gonna be a war Let's a spicy meet the Tell
Carlos Tony, the boss of plot, was based on him and Adriana Bafungo. Chris tells JT to lie, hits him right in the eye. JT shows up with his face bruised. Tony doesn't buy the ruse and then complains to Doc Belfi. Why does Christopher hate me? Jesus Christ, when you masturbate What a bitch it's LA man All up in that ass with that guy Flap, 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 eat my butt and suck my ass Fuck my butthole with your finger Fuck my butthole, fuck my butthole Fuck my butthole with your finger Fight your dog, fight your dog, and suck my finger. <laughs> yes, you can suck my dick, my dick. I'm gonna sucky, fucky, fight my own father. Sucky, fucky, I'm my pussy, I'm my pussy, I'm my pussy. No man. That was fun. The bloody pints are bloody fang. The bloody kings are bloody rag. The bloody pies made out of bread. The bloody queen is bloody dead. My bloody teeth are bloody fuck. A bloody lorry is a truck. Bloody laser, bloody crisp. Save you bacon fish and cheese. Bloody bars are bloody pop. Erasers are bloody rubber. Bloody chickens, bloody boil. Aluminium is foil. The bloody gears are bloody daft. Are you having a laugh? The bloody strong are bloody fit. David Baker fish and chip. Public schools are bloody private. The bloody trash is called the dust. The bloody chimneys bloody sweep. David Baker fish and chip. Bloody gas, the bloody arse, the bloody ass, the bloody cops, the bloody Bobby. Bob's your uncle, Bobby Jobby. The bloody neck, and bloody tie, bloody towns, all in the shire. There's a Q and bloody check, David Baker, fishy chips. A bloody Z's, a bloody Z, a bloody nuts, a bloody head. The bloody water is what hurts. America's America. Bloody jammies, bloody luck. Bloody bloody's bloody father. The bloody lines are bloody Q. The bloody Lou is where you poo. The fortnight's too bloody weak. A David Baker, fishy chips.
very poor. Benedict Cumberbatch. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.